The following podcast contains strong language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. We humans have been telling each other stories for millennia. But over the years, the words can change. Details can be forgotten as the tales are handed down from generation to generation. They can be twisted to suit a new religion or the political propaganda of the day. Or they can be whitewashed and toned down by publishers or corporations to make them easier to sell to a much wider audience for a much larger profit. All things change over time, and with tales dozens or hundreds or even thousands of years old, their original forms might be surprising, or possibly disturbing, or even outright terrifying, if you've never encountered them before. The story you're about to hear is fucked up in more ways than one. Not only has it been chopped and edited and rewritten beyond the author's recognizing, it's also more horrific than the toned-down modern version you might be familiar with. Hello, I'm Nigel, and today you're getting the real story in this installment of Fucked Up Fairy Tales. Everyone knows the tale of Snow White, right? Well, I thought I did, until I found a copy of Household Tales by the Brothers Grimm in a colossal used book emporium in Columbus, Ohio. The Brothers Grimm first published the tale in their first edition anthology in 1812, but the Grimm's is just one famous version of a tale that has many incarnations around the world, which can be found throughout the different countries of Europe, in North America and Africa, amongst the Turkic, Mongolian, and Tungusian peoples of Asia and Siberia, and in the Middle East, China, and India. There are so many versions of this story, it'd be nigh impossible to cover all of them and determine which might be the true original. Are you sitting comfortably? Then I'll begin. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs Once upon a time, in the middle of winter, when the flakes of snow were falling like feathers from the sky, a queen sat sewing at a window framed in black ebony. And while she was sewing and looking out of the window at the snow, she pricked her finger with a needle, and three drops of blood fell upon the snow. The red looked pretty upon the white snow, and she thought to herself, If only I had a child as white as snow, as red as blood, and as black as the wood of the window frame. Soon after that, she had a little daughter, whose skin was as white as snow, her cheeks as red as blood, and her hair as black as ebony. They called her Snow White. But when the child was born, the queen died. After a year had passed, the king took another wife. She was a beautiful woman, but proud and haughty and she could not bear that anyone else should surpass her in beauty. She had a magic mirror, and when she looked at herself in it, she said, Mirror, mirror, on the wall, who is the fairest one of all? The mirror answered, You, queen, are the fairest one of all. Then she was satisfied, for she knew that the mirror spoke the truth. 
Snow White grew more and more beautiful, and when she was seven years old, she was as beautiful as the day, and more beautiful than the queen herself. One day, when the queen asked her mirror, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest one of all? It answered, You, queen, both fair and beauteous are, but Snow White is lovelier by far. Then the queen turned green with envy. From that hour, whenever she looked at Snow White, her heart pounded she hated the girl so much. Envy and pride grew in her heart like a weed, so that she had no peace day or night. She called a huntsman and said, Take the child into the forest, kill her, and bring me back her heart as a token. The huntsman took Snow White away, but when he had drawn his knife to kill her, she began to weep and said, Kind huntsman, spare my life. I'll run into the wild forest and never come home again. And as she was so beautiful, the huntsman had pity on her and said, Run then, you poor child. The wild beast will soon devour her, he thought, and yet it seemed as if a stone had been rolled from his heart since he had not been obliged to kill her. A young boar just then came running by. He stabbed it and cut out its heart and took it to the queen. The queen ordered the cook to serve it up in pickle, and then she ate it, thinking it was Snow White's heart. But now poor Snow White was all alone in the great forest and so terrified that she didn't know what to do. She began to run over sharp stones and through thorns. Wild beasts ran past her, but did her no harm. She ran until it was almost evening. Then she saw a little cottage and went into it to rest. Everything in the cottage was small, but as neat and as clean as could be. There was a table with a white cloth and seven little plates, and by each there was a little spoon, a knife, and a fork, and a mug. Against the wall stood seven little beds side by side, covered with white counterpanes. Snow White was so hungry and thirsty that she ate some vegetables and bread from each plate and drank a drop of wine out of each mug, for she didn't wish to take all from one only. Then, as she was so tired, she lay down on one of the little beds, but none of them suited her. One was too long, another too short, but the seventh was just right, so she remained in it, said her prayers, and went to sleep. When it was quite dark, the owners of the cottage came back. They were seven dwarfs who dug in the mountains for ore. They lit their seven candles, and by their light saw that someone had been there, for nothing was as they'd left it. The first said, Who's been sitting on my chair? The second, Who's been eating off my plate? The third, Who's been nibbling my bread? The fourth, Who's been eating my vegetables? The fifth, who's been using my fork? The sixth, who's been cutting with my knife? The seventh, who's been drinking out of my mug? Then the first looked and saw that there was a little hollow on his bed, and he said, who's been lying on my bed? The others came up and each called out, Somebody's been lying on my bed too. But the seventh, when he looked at his bed, saw Snow White lying asleep. 
he called to the others who came running up and cried out with astonishment as the light of their candles fell on Snow White. Heavens, they cried, what a lovely child! And they were so delighted that they let her sleep on in the bed. And the seventh dwarf slept with his companions, one hour with each, all throughout the night. In the morning Snow White awoke, and she was frightened when she saw the seven dwarfs. But they were friendly, and asked her what her name was. My name is Snow White, she said. What brought you to our house? asked the dwarfs. Then she told them how her stepmother had wished to have her killed, how the huntsman had spared her life, and how she had run all day until at last she found their dwelling. The dwarf said, If you'll take care of our house, cook, make the beds, wash, sew, and knit, and keep everything neat and clean, you can stay with us and want for nothing. Yes, said Snow White, with all my heart. And she stayed with them. She kept the house in order for them. In the mornings they went to the mountains and looked for copper and gold. In the evenings they came back, and then their supper had to be ready. The girl was alone the whole day, so the good dwarfs warned her and said, Beware of your stepmother. She'll soon know that you're here. Be sure to let no one come in. But the queen, believing that she'd killed Snow White, was sure that she was again the fairest of all. And she went to her mirror and said, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest one of all? And the mirror answered, You, queen, are fairest in all this land. But over the hills, in the greenwood shade, where the seven dwarfs their home have made, Snow White is safely hidden, and she is fairer far, O queen, to see. She was dismayed, for she knew that the mirror never lied. She knew, too, that the huntsman had deceived her, and that Snow White was still alive. She thought and thought how she might kill her, for so long as she was not the fairest in the whole land, envy let her have no rest. At last she thought of a plan. She stained her face, and dressed herself like an old peddler woman, and no one could have known it was her. In this disguise, she went over seven mountains to the home of the seven dwarfs, and knocked at the door and cried, Pretty things to sell, very cheap, very cheap. Snow White looked out of the window and called out, Good day, my good woman, what have you to sell? Good things, pretty things, she answered, stay laces of all colors, and she pulled out one which was woven of bright-colored silk. I'll let the honest old woman in thought Snow White, and she unbolted the door and bought the pretty laces. Child, said the old woman, what a fright you look. Come, I will lace you properly for once. Snow White had no suspicion, but stood before her and let herself be laced with the new laces. But the old woman laced so quickly and laced so tightly that Snow White could not breathe and fell down as if dead. Now I am the fairest one of all, said the queen to herself, and hurried away. 
Not long after, the seven dwarfs came home, but how shocked they were when they saw their dear Snow White lying on the ground without stirring, like one dead. They lifted her up, and when they saw that she was laced too tightly, they cut the laces. At once she began to breathe and soon came to life again. When the dwarfs heard what had happened, they said, The old peddler woman was none other than the wicked queen. Take care and let no one come in when we're not here. But the wicked queen, when she had reached home, went in front of the mirror and asked, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest one of all? And it answered as before, You, queen, are fairest in all this land, but over the hills in the greenwood shade, where the seven dwarfs their home have made, Snow White is safely hidden, and she is fairer far, O queen, to see. When she heard that, all the blood rushed to her heart with fury, for she knew that Snow White was alive again. Now, she said, I must think of something to put an end to her. With the help of witchcraft, in which she was skilled, she made a poisonous comb. Then she disguised herself and took the shape of another old woman. She went over the seven mountains to the home of the seven dwarfs, knocked at the door, and cried, Good things to sell! Cheap! Cheap! Snow White looked out and said, Go away! I cannot let anyone in! At least you can look, said the old woman, and held up the poisonous comb. Snow White was so pleased with it that she let herself be beguiled, and opened the door. When they had made a bargain, the old woman said, Now I will comb you properly for once. Poor Snow White had no suspicion, but hardly had the woman put the comb in her hair that the poison in it took effect, and the girl fell down senseless. You paragon of beauty, said the wicked woman, you are done for now. And she went away. Fortunately, it was almost evening when the seven dwarfs came home. When they saw Snow White lying as if dead upon the ground, they at once suspected the stepmother, and they looked and found the poisoned comb. Scarcely had they taken it out when Snow White came to herself and told them what had happened. Then they warned her once more to be upon her guard and to open the door to no one. The queen, at home, stood in front of the mirror and said, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest one of all? And it answered as before, You, queen, are fairest in all this land. But over the hills in the greenwood shade, where the seven dwarfs their home have made, Snow White is safely hidden, and she is fairer far, O queen, to see. When she heard the mirror speak thus, she trembled with rage. Snow White shall die, she cried, even if it costs me my life. She went into a secret room and made a poisonous apple. Outside it looked very pretty, red on one side, yellow on the other, so that everyone who saw it longed for it, but whoever ate it must surely die. When the apple was ready, she stained her face, dressed herself up as a countrywoman, and went over the seven mountains to the seven dwarfs. She knocked at the door. 
Snow White put her head out the window and said, I cannot let anyone in. The seven dwarfs have forbidden me. It's all the same to me, answered the woman. I shall soon get rid of my apples. There, I'll give you one. No, said Snow White. I dare not take anything. Are you afraid of poison? said the old woman. Look, I'll cut the apple into two pieces. You eat the red side, and I'll eat the yellow. The apple was so cunningly made that only the red side was poisoned. Snow White longed for it, and when she saw that the woman ate part of it, she could resist no longer, stretched out her hand, and took the poisonous half. Hardly had she bitten into it than she fell down dead. The queen looked at her with an evil look, laughed out loud, and said, White as snow, red as blood, black as ebony, this time the dwarfs cannot wake you up again. And when she asked of the mirror at home, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest one of all? It answered at last, You, queen, are the fairest one of all. Then her jealous heart was at rest, so far as a jealous heart can ever be at rest. When the dwarfs came home in the evening, they found Snow White lying upon the ground, dead. They lifted her up, looked to see whether they could find anything poisonous, unlaced her, combed her hair, washed her with water and wine, but it was all no use. The poor child was dead, and remained dead. They laid her upon a bier, and all seven of them sat round it and wept for three long days. They were going to bury her, but she still looked as if she were living, and still had her pretty red cheeks. They said, We can't bury her in the dark ground. And they made her a transparent glass coffin, so that she could be seen from all sides. And they laid her in it, and wrote her name upon it in golden letters, and that she was a king's daughter. Then they put the coffin out upon the mountain, and one of them always stayed by it and watched it. And birds came too, and mourned for Snow White. First an owl, then a raven, and at last a dove. Now Snow White lay for a long, long time in the coffin, looking as if she were asleep. One day, a prince came into the forest and went to the dwarf's house to spend the night. He saw the coffin on the mountain and beautiful Snow White in it and read what was written upon it in gold letters. Then he said to the dwarfs, Let me have the coffin. I will give you whatever you want for it. But the dwarfs answered, We will not part with it for all the gold in the world. Then let me have it as a gift, he said, for I cannot live without seeing Snow White. I will honor and prize her as my dearest possession. He spoke so movingly about it that the good dwarfs took pity upon him and gave him the coffin. The prince had it carried away by his servants on their shoulders. Now it happened that they stumbled over a tree stump, and with the jolt the poisonous piece of apple which Snow White had bitten off came out of her throat. Before long she opened her eyes, 
lifted up the lid of the coffin, sat up, and was once more alive. Oh, heavens, where am I? she cried. The prince, full of joy, said, You're with me, and told her what had happened. I love you more than anything in the world, he said. Come with me to my father's palace and be my wife. Snow White was willing and went with him, and their wedding was celebrated with great splendor. But Snow White's wicked stepmother was invited to the feast. When she had put on her beautiful clothes, she stood before the mirror and said, Mirror, mirror, on the wall, who is the fairest one of all? And the mirror answered, You, lady, are fairest here, I ween, but fairer far is the new-made queen. Then the wicked woman uttered a curse and was so utterly wretched that she didn't know what to do. She had no peace but felt she must go to see the new young queen. And when she recognized Snow White, she stood rooted to the spot with rage and fear. But iron slippers had already been put upon the fire, and they were brought in with tongs and set before her. Then she was forced to put on the red-hot shoes and dance until she dropped down dead. Well, that was a little different, wasn't it? For a start, none of the dwarves had individual names and identities. They didn't get those until the Snow White stage play in 1912, a full hundred years after the story was first published. And in that play, they were called Blick, Flick, Glick, Snick, Plick, Wick, and Quee. When Disney started making his version, they rewrote the dwarves into their now well-known names and personalities, which are held under copyright and trademark lock and key by some of the world's most vicious storm lawyers. Which is why, if you're ever planning on making a Snow White film, you can't ever legally use those seven names and characterizations for the dwarves. There's also the fact that Snow White was originally tricked three times by the Evil Queen, which really makes you wonder how ridiculously gullible she was. I mean, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me thrice, I really shouldn't be left unsupervised. Reducing the number of the Queen's tricks from three to one for the movie version was the most sensible thing Walt's team ever did for the story, and the only change I could actually get behind from a narrative perspective. There's also the matter of the thing that a lot of very vocal, angry people are complaining about nowadays, and that is Prince Charming's, quote, kiss without consent, unquote, that brought Snow White back from death. Well, it never existed in the original. He just wanted to take her glass coffin back to his castle to look after her and preserve her corpse. Yeah, that's, that's, not, a, that's not much better. But... She was revived when the chunk of poison apple fell out of her throat when the prince's servants tripped on a root and jarred her coffin. So, yay, I guess? And finally, there's the evil queen's punishment. This is where the brothers Grimm really shine. The punishments for their villains are positively medieval in their gruesomeness, probably because a lot of their tales date back to medieval times. 
To me, the funniest thing about it in Snow White is how quickly it happens. Like they know the darling little kiddies listening to the story want to see the Queen punished as quickly as possible. So as soon as the happily ever after is ensured, boom, straight into the red-hot iron shoes and dead within two sentences of showing up at the wedding. Justice. All of which leads me to say that people who think children are sweet and innocent obviously haven't met many children and have probably put up mental blocks around their own childhood memories. Well, that's it for Snow White. I hope you enjoyed it. And... Thank you so much for listening. I've been Nigel, this has been Fucked Up Fairy Tales, and I hope you'll join us again for a future installment in the near future. Thank you, and good night. Thank you.